You're listening to You Don't Know Nick, the podcast, a podcast that explores the generational differences from Zoomers to Boomers as it relates to what's going on today. Enjoy. Movies are the best. Good movies, bad movies, original movies, and remakes. Yes, remakes too. My name is Sam Gash, and every other week, I invite a guest to discuss a movie that has been, will be, or should be remade. Together, we figure out the best way to remake that movie. My podcast is called Ideal Remake, and Ideal Remake is available wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, Joe. Hey, how are you? Oh my gosh, I'm so good. Um, I, you know, my favorite thing to do is just not tell people what this podcast is about, mostly because my friends should feel bad that they don't know what my podcast is about. Agreed. No, and you, 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 know you I mean? caught me in your trap. Um, <laughs> I, I'm testing and... you. My therapist <laughs> would be really failed. disappointed right now. <laughs> Specifically in me, I think. No, she's angry at me for testing people in my life. Okay, I feel I, like she should. She, 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 I don't know. She should. She won't be angry. She just thinks that that's what I do. Okay, okay. I mean, do you? Um, Is this a regular I think I thing used with to. You? I think I used to more than I did. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, than I do now. I think my insecurities got maybe like in like like romantic relationships, maybe a little bit more. But okay. not with with you know people who I know like I know, uh oh, I oh, know I'm still you. Here. I, yeah, you are. I know that you like me. Like I know that we're friends. Right. So there's less of a scorecard and file on me. Because you are, uh, yeah. There's less of a scorecard and a file. That's a perfect way to put it. And you are someone that I want. Like occasionally, I'm like, oh, I, I hope they like me. You know. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I, I have, uh, I have no scorecard on you uh, either, aside from, uh, you know, just awesome like points. H- high human marks and awesome points. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's great. That's exactly how I feel. So, Joe, tell everybody who you are a little bit. Uh, hi, I'm, I'm Joe. Um, uh, I'm a friend of of Jess's. Um, uh, score to be determined. Uh huh. Yeah, we'll, we'll let you know how you do at the end of the podcast. Oh, oh no! The fi- okay, the podcast is kind of like a final. Okay, noted. It could be uh, noted. It could. It depends on how you perform. You're totally right. Um, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I uh, I uh, I make videos on the internet primarily, um, and currently uh, I make them at D and D Beyond. Oh my gosh! What's your last name, Joe? Do you want people to know or no? It's it, I do. It's it's <laughs> I do. You do. Uh, it's it's Star. Oh my gosh! Okay, yeah. hold on. I'm going to turn off my cam too, so that we can be the same. See, you had you were frozen on my end. And I thought you had already turned off your camera. I did not. Okay. I don't know. This is great. I'm turning off my cam. I'm going to just imagine what what you're you're doing. Although I will be sad to not look at your face. I'll be sad about this. It'll I think this. Okay. I think I think the imagination is better. Well, and the, the audience has to deal with it this way too, so they may as well. Yeah, no, I think uh, you right now are putting yourself in the shoes of your audience, and I think that's a cool thing for a, for an artist to do. I rarely do that, considering how low quality this podcast is in general. I'm kidding; it's deprecating. This is the you don't know Nick podcast, 
who I normally host with my friend Nick Masu. And uh, right, you're familiar right. with lightly with the show Heartbeats that I do, right? The improv dramedy. Yeah, Never mind. You're improv doctors. Yes, exactly. He's on that, that show. show. I, he's a good friend of mine. He's on paternity leave. And so I the, the, the mantle has fallen to me to keep this show alive. Right, right, right. Right? Yeah. I mean, I could also just let it die. But this show is a really good show. And the one thing you may not know about, <laughs> you don't know about Nick, is what we talk about is generations, generational differences, Zoomers oh. and Boomers, uh, NFTs, <laughs> whatever you want, whatever falls. The three main topics of conversation. Exactly. NFTs okay. and our feelings about them, uh, Gen Z and getting older, essentially. Fair. Okay. So that's it. So okay. what, what, I think the fun place for me to start with you, hey, well, you know, I think I've asked you this before, but I totally forgot. Joe, is, is Star, S-T-A-R-R, your real last name? It is my real last name. It are was you given to me. Are you kidding? Yeah, it was given to me by my, by my parents, who are also named that. What? Because yeah. it's not Ringo Starr's real last name. Really? I didn't know that. It's not. Um, I didn't know that he was an imposter. He's an imposter, which is why I always thought it what wasn't it? your real last name. I'm going to have to look it up now. Um, I don't want to put you on the spot like that. No, not at all. This is, again, there's there's literally no, nothing important that happens in this podcast. It's <laughs> Ringo Starr's last name. Starkey. Star, huh. Hmm. Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just, just Star. It was shortened at some point, but we're enough generations deep now that I feel like I don't have to qualify it. You certainly don't. Actually, what's really fun is last week's guest was John Champion. Ooh. And now I have a star on the podcast. Ooh, Champion's a good last name. It is. And it's also legitimately his real last name. That's frustratingly good. I know. I know. I think there's like um, French origins somewhere. Um, the, 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 what's also interesting about it for me is my last name is not my family's given last name. Right. So okay. it's, it's of interest to me regardless, because as I was, as I was entering the entertainment business, I, I pondered as to whether I liked my name enough to keep it or not. And you, you opted no. I opted to keep it. Oh, okay. Sorry. I got a little mixed up. You should. I think I was confusing. Verdi is not our family's. My, it's not the paternal that last name that like my grandfather was born with. He he changed his last name to Verdi. Oh, okay. And I didn't know that, but until like you know, I was a little bit older. But was it something really bad? And he was like, "Eh, let's get rid of this." Like it was. His father abandoned him. Okay, that is shitty. I would. It, even if it was, even if his name had been Champion, I still would have been like, "Yeah, no, Champion of not this." Not, I don't, cha- I don't champion this. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think there was a lot of like self hatred. Um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, secrets from that grandfather that we may never know. There's probably like secret families. He wasn't a nice man, also. Okay. Uh, and but he he met Father Verdi in this Italian neighborhood he was living in. And basically pretended to be Italian and took that man's last name. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, oh, wow. He like Mr. Ripley'd somebody. Oh, 
sure. Perhaps. Now that's a whole new level of the story that I may never understand. Oh my gosh, maybe he did kill that father. What if he did? It would make a lot of sense in my family I, I agree. I, I'm only just now learning about any of this, but I agree wholeheartedly. I think it just knowing what I know about the guy. <laughs> we once got into a fight. Well, I'm sorry. He once belittled me in front of my mother because I sat in front of a bowl of chips before a party after I had stirred um, French onion dip together and started like sampling it to make sure it was good and then maybe had a couple more and like didn't stop eating. And he called me a pig in front of my mom. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and you were like, it, at least what? And you were like, at least I don't go pretend spaghetti all the time. Spaghetti. Yeah. No, I didn't even know this at the time. And I was like 16. And he was just a horrible person. Uh, and he, he, what he said is, you know, if you were if you were uh, if you were raised right, you would have offered me a plate. So whether he oh, was real Italian wow. or not, he sure acted like one. Wow. Who who can forget, you know, the the biggest, um, you know, lesson from the greatest generation of if you see a plate of um, Lay's <laughs> sour cream. <and> onion <laughs> exactly. Chip. You offer them to your neighbor. I think Christ said that. Um, honestly, the body of Christ was a Lay's yeah. sour cream and onion potato chip. Yeah. No, communion was a lot cooler back in the day. <laughs> I, I think that's why I was so anxious to be confirmed. And then when I yeah. realized what the Eucharist tasted like, I was real bummed and decided yeah. to not be religious, you know? Yeah, no, it's frustrating. Like, if I honestly think if... Uh, if uh, those wafers were more on the goldfish cracker side, I would oh. actually uh, just followed my original path and uh, been an Episcopal priest by now. Would but you have been that? They tasted like butt. They are butt. I, I mean, I could also that see- That might have been get... a big thing for me, yeah. <laughs> could you imagine if they were wheat thins? I'd be fucking housing them all oh, day long. I'd be, I'd be spreading the word of Jesus all the day. I will say, so even though I'm, I just went full vegan on January 1st of this year, one of the things I miss the most is wheat sharp thins? cheddar cheese whiz and wheat thins. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, I could see My, that. That well, trash food. Is there any is there real dairy? dairy? In that? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't. Know. I think you'd be okay. You're you're probably not wrong. I think I'm afraid. I'm afraid to check. I just found a new thing where vegans. Um, majority don't like artificial dyes of like of, of numerous of them numerous uh, like a numerous amount of them because yeah, they're but what tested do you on like? animals yeah but what do you like Jess? Huh. well i really like not hurting animals joe okay and so i'm working toward the less the lesser version of that because okay. here's what i really like i like prosciutto and salami and fucking ice cream and my and I don't have a single allergy. I can eat whatever I want. Whatever and you so, choose. Which is a blessing. Yeah. I get that. But um anyway. It's, where are it's, you in town? Where am I in town? Yeah, you don't have to be like crazy uh, uh, yeah, I'm on the for, east side. For... Okay. Oh, you're on the east side. Okay. I thought you were you were a little a little closer to me. Uh, you're uh, you're uh, in the uh, valley. I'm in the the sunny San Fernando Valley, baby. Uh, well, you know that that's I call that my hometown. That's why I thought you were here. I think you just Fair. feel you 
you seem like this is your home. Like you seem like <sighs> you sense. are you are just a classy woman that hangs out at the Sherman Oaks Galleria. Um, so so you know? that actually is I wasn't even that classy. I was on the other side. I was on the west side of Valley in like Chatsworth Ooh. and Podunk, like where almost see me Valley. Oh, I'm listening. But you know what? Is that low class or is that just closer to the nearest Sonic restaurant? <laughs> um, you know what, though? If you're listening, if you're living in Pasadena, there you're closer than that. So there's arguments <laughs> to be made, to be made. Uh, I should know because I've made a trip or two um, on a given night when hanging out with a friend out there. Um, it's it's there's actually there's incredibly high end homes in Chatsworth Uh Smokey Robinson lived up there. Dre lived Ooh. up there. Okay. Um, so, like, you can get into a reclusive spot of Chatsworth where it's like, man. Like, there's a lot, it used to be a lot of filming in that area, too. Um, I think um, Hi Ho Silver or whatever, like, Silver Ranch is up there, whatever. Um, it's got, is that it's, the one where also, the murders were? Well, yeah, it was really close to the, Mans- the Manson Caves. And I think Box Canyon was where a lot of that shit went down. Yeah. Um, I did not – it did not interest me to go to the, the Manson Caves. That was not That's on fair. my itinerary of I, life. I, I, I feel that. Although framing it as the Manson Cave reminds me of the Adam West Batman. And that makes me laugh if Manson had like a themed cave where that everything was labeled. Wild. Because I mean, yeah. apparently there was like a communal pipe that was left there and there was a bunch of graffiti in there. Hey, so you then know about the Bronson Caves then. Uh, enlighten me because I'm not sure that I do. That's the Bat Cave. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's also where they shot. Um, this is going to be the most fascinating just talk for your listeners and I apologize. That's also I, where I they shot they... several episodes of MASH. <laughs> it is fascinating because I think yeah. they shot some stuff in Chatsworth too. Man. Chatsworth. Underrated. The, underrated town. Well, it wasn't for a while because it was the porn capital of the world for some time. Um, and I recently learned that that title shifted to Florida, I believe, because we have a condom law out here. Oh. Not that Wait. most people adhere to it. What? What? I think okay, you have to on. have sex with a condom now if you're in California. Oh, like legally? Yeah, for... For porn productions. Oh, for a minute, my head, it's been a long day. And I was like, just generally shit. I mean, shit. that that would be the, the worst. I mean, it would probably help STDs in general. I, I went to the, I went to the doctor to get, you know, my by, not biannual, because that would be a problem. Like, you know, every five years, a woman of my age should get a pap or every three. And she's like, uh, do you have, you know, any sensations? Are you concerned if you have any STDs or whatever? I was like, I don't think so. She goes, it is running rampant in this part of town. You know? <laughs> she gave you the, uh, she gave you the over the glasses look. She did. She goes, mm-hmm. and I think it's because, you know, a lot of bisexuals. <laughs> oh, no. I know. She was not uh, the most tactful woman. I, I want to go back and talk about your Episcopal. I know very little about that world. Um, and... So kind of, you know, since this this podcast is about like talking about generations, it can go to many different topics. Like, you know, the, the Gen Zers said we shouldn't wear skinny jeans anymore. And that's is that true or is that not true? Uh, but partly getting to know you is like getting to know what your upbringing was. So what what was that like? Where were you in the world? Who raised you that way? Is your father a pastor? What's going on there? 
No, um, I was uh, I was raised in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, oh, and um, I was uh, I was raised by uh, uh, two kindly boomers uh, who were uh, in turn raised by um, the some silent intense, generation. Some intense, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, some intense of the greatest generation. Um, wow! Wow! Uh, and um, I was here's the thing. I wasn't um, I, I know because I was in the Bible Belt and everything and I was like surrounded by mega churches and stuff like that. But I was never like pressured to be particularly um, religious or anything. Um, but I also never really had uh, uh, what's the word friends. And um, oh, no, no, <laughs> my uh my parents had started going to this um like we went to a church when i was like growing up where i was like bullied a lot and it was bad um, at the church so yeah so we stopped going by like other kids and stuff like that wow um uh i i i grew like a, a healthy intense fear of lock-ins um eventually we stopped going my parents were like oh this is bad and i was like yeah <laughs> um, oh my god joe so took me out um and then they started going to a small church that one of my dad's like f work friends like started. Got and it. And they were like, "You should come." It was a, it was like a, it was an Episcopal church, but the problem was he had like just started it up, and they started it up in my middle school gym, mm -mm, mm -mm. which was the worst. Which was just like the dirt worst. Um, <laughs> the dirt worst is that a Louisville? phrase I, man, that's, just, that's just like the, the goddamn dirt worst um, i love it i fucking uh, love it so they stopped making me go because i the the next closest person to my age was like eight months old um oh my so, goodness so they took pity and they were like you don't have to come but then they that like sort of fizzled but the group they were like good friends with the group again this is fascinating for your listeners um I know they what they like want, different, and this is not they, it. They want this. They want dry <laughs> church talk. Basically, they moved to this new church, and my parents came back, and they're like, that's wonderful, and there's a ton of kids your age. And I was like, mm. And they were like, there are. Just just come next week and meet the, the kids your age, because they were, I think, desperate for me to have friends, too. Um, wow. Uh, and so um, I went, and there were no kids. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I was like, you liars. <laughs> And so not the, only are kids the worst, parents are the worst because they're fucking liars. They're liars. So the priest was like, I swear to God, they're all at a retreat right now. Please come back next week. Jesus. This is and I was like, the Lord is lying like, right. to you. Well, and but here's the deal. I come back, they're all there. Okay. And they're all talking about their retreat and how much fun it was and all like the fun they had. And um and uh they all kept talking about uh this like one guy. Oh no. And I was like, the more they talked about him, I was like Wait, is that uh, 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 is this it was this guy Drew? They kept talking about Drew, 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 and I was like, "Is this is this uh, I don't uh, Drew last name?" And, um, and they're like, "Yeah, how do you know him?" And all of a sudden, it clicked. My best friend growing up would just vanish for the summers. Oh, and it was because he was it was because he was fucking going to this camp, and I was like, "That's just my best friend." And they were like, "Oh my god!" And so all of a sudden, I just like had friends and. I think that was my like pipeline into, oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to go to seminary. I fucking love this. This is my whole life because like, it's where I got social validation for the first time. Wow. I mean, that makes so much sense because yeah. that's what religion does so well is 
fold people into the flock mm-hmm. when they don't mm-hmm. have I mean kids can also be the worst. It's not su- it's not surprising that you were picked on, but th- I think it's the first time I've heard about bullying happening within excuse me, the church setting of things. The the mean streets of Middletown Christian Church, man. Which fucking pisses me <laughs> off on your behalf. But the thing is is like I also know people who got like fucked up from you know, they couldn't even watch TV. They went to those kind of churches too. Oh, right. So. Yeah, no. Um, those were, I, it was, it was interesting because also that like, that camp was so liberal. Like I had no, I, like looking back, I'm like, holy crap. It was so liberal and like so progressive. And like all the, 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 the folks that ran it were just like, yeah, ask, ask questions, be weird, you know, like push boundaries. Like we're, we're here to assist, I guess. And it wasn't until later I realized that like they all got in trouble for that at some point because like the the state diocese realized like just like how liberal they had just like been with with kids in terms of being like, yeah, gay people. God loves you. Uh, And so do we. Uh, The two Jewish kids that come here, we love you. God, I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> you know, wow. like, and um, so for me, that's like what it was. And then, of course, when I got when I went to college and was like time for seminary, I was like I was just in classes with nothing but like, you know, snake handlers and fucking nightmares. And I was like, oh, this is the worst. And then I, I think two weeks later, I was like, oh, an improv comedy group. <laughs> that is incredible. So, <laughs> so you did not go to a Christian college. No, I mean, I went to a a, a a state college in Kentucky, so yes, but... <laughs> got, got it. That's something I don't understand. Even though I did go to a private Catholic school, I don't understand how this... Like, you know, California has a lot of hands-off when it comes to religion in public mm-hmm. schools and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, I mean, of course, we did, like, the you know, this whatever, the Pledge of Allegiance or whatever, but that's that was about it, you know. Um, oh really? Uh, uh, you know what? Okay, this tracks. You, you, you're 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 a Catholic high school kid. Okay, this tracks. Well, we did the pub- we did the pledge of allegiance, but at at the Chaminade, my private school, we also did like the Hail Mary or like or something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like that. Like mm-hmm. it, at one point, and everyone had to attend mass, whether you were religious or not. Because it right. just was what it was. And then um, after the bell rang between classes, you did hit me, baby, one more time in the hallways. One million. I literally had a dream last night that I, I literally dreamt this. That so because I left my private school to go to back to public school between eleventh and tenth uh, and eleventh grade, and I had dreamed that I, I've been actually having this dream pretty frequently in different iterations where I go back because I didn't. I go back to high school because I didn't finish like one semester or one class or something like that. This has been a big recurring pandemic dream for me. And last hmm. night, I was my age going back to 11th grade wearing my cute little green plaid fucking kilt. <laughs> and and like rolled that shit up and, you know, you almost saw my undies. It was real. It was perilous what, how, how they had us dressed. Truly perilous. Yeah. Just like defying the nuns by wearing a butterfly clip. Yeah. I, I, I mean, the thing is, you we weren't allowed to have. It was the era of frosted tips. Let me ask you: Did you ever have frosted tips? Okay. Uh, yep. Hang on. I'm just going to send you a photo. <laughs> okay. Great. This, can I use this as the podcast cover photo? No, actually, I okay. think you could, you're only allowed to describe it to your listeners. Oh, excellent! That I is. Just want, 
I just Fun want the game. reaction captured live. Fun uh, game for me. Sorry, go ahead on Frosted Tips. Well, no, not at all. Like that, you're totally right that the era of Britney Spears, whether like her or love her or hate her, was my middle school era. I think you're just a little bit older than me, so I'm, I want to kind of find out what generational differences we have with regards to that. And, hmm. but like, in sync is happening, and the Frosted Tips were happening, but we weren't allowed to have dyed hair. So, like, the boys had to make it look like they were naturally blonde at the tip of their hair. And I'm sure they, so I'm they, sure in Chatsworth they nailed it. In Chatsworth they nailed it. There was, you know, like, every boy just looked like that. That's what they had going on. And I remember in, I had just seen Josie and the Pussycats in high school. And it was my last year at, at my private school. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think the worst part is... <laughs> I've seen this photo before, I think. Oh, you've okay. seen that with the... Uh... I, well, no, it's just so special. So we have so much more to talk about than you even realize. Okay, so first of all, Joe, Joe Starr, good-looking man in his own right at this age. Joe Starr, I'm going to guess this is your senior photo? Yep, yeah, that would be my... Okay. That's my senior photo, it holding looks, the trombone. Yep, trombone. Mm-hmm. Um, Literally, this is a model I'm looking at. That, like, like chiseled features huge huge lips pouty lips and your normal full full head of hair that we're accustomed to where now that hair has white you know in it a little bit which is very good very good look for you that it's it's replaced here with blonde oh yeah it's incredible and you are about to make love to that trombone yeah well yeah it was it was uh it was my good it was my good friend am i seeing uh, yeah, so- a promise ring on your finger? No, that, I think that's that probably my class ring. I think okay. that's either it's either the trombone or my class ring. Oh my god, Joe Star! Oh, this doesn't even look like you. Mm-mm. Oh my goodness gracious! I have one how more. How did a this? More cash. How did this happen to the? Per- <laughs> Yeah, that's a little more cash. This guy's a little more cash. If you want to talk, if you want to talk generational photos, like it doesn't get more generational than like a kid with like Jinko jeans on, I, a Papa they were definitely chair. Oh yeah, um, uh, a Honda Accord in the patio, and like a Jimi Hendrix poster. <laughs> like that is that is 1999. And your hair is pushed forward to have a duck bill too in this picture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and like a little soul patch kind of thing. How old are you in this picture? Like 19? Uh yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm wow. like I don't think there's like too much of a I think that's just bad pixelating cuz I couldn't grow a facial hair yet. Well, well um, oh okay, I got it. Cuz it does Okay, maybe it's just good shadowing. But like This is like 18, I think. Yeah. You are you are broody and moody. This is incredible. Is this like college? This is right. This would be right before college. This wow. is like my junior or senior year. I won't describe him, but is that Drew right next to you? That is. Okay. I have so many questions to ask you now. Because, um, <laughs> oh God, it's so much I want to know. You are, just I think, just five years older than me, which is a little bit different. And surprise. It's surprising to me because you are so youthful. I usually think most people that I admire are my age. You're not. So it's it is confusing to me. You that but that five that five years does make a little bit of difference in how yeah, you experience things, right? Sure. Um how much like you, you remember more of the eighties than I do. You 
Uh, you're, you're actually probably more quintessentially 90s kid than I might even be. Yeah, because I think, like, I, I I can still sort of remember, like, 90 and 91 and... Um, uh, and, and I like was I was gluing pennies to and... a, a piece of, of paper to count to 100 at 91, you know? Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I was, you know, uh, uh, thriving, you know, uh, big thriving. central part of my life, driving a car, drinking. Uh, drinking. 1991, man. No, I was, uh, I, I think I was in third grade and like playing with gi joes oh okay okay i'm sorry <laughs> got it got it sorry. we're here i'm sorry, on sorry. the same plane of existence i'm back um the the what if i what i find fascinating too is like first of all you're a you had to have been one of the more good looking kids in your area is that right no no i For think real? these are the only two good photos of me um and that's why i kept them <laughs> i hear you uh <laughs> I have the cutest photos of myself to the left of me, too. I, I want to see if I think I'll take a picture of cute baby Jessica. There was an oh, era. There was an era where I hit the ugly stick hard and 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 it took a long time to recover. Um, and, and we're back, you know, like we I, it, it made me the person that I am. But 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 it it's really hit, it hit me hard between fifth grade and like eighth the ninth tenth grade oh dude i hear i hear you i was i was brutal i had um uh basically braces or a major appliance from like oh third grade to my junior year of high school so i hear you so Uh, your life was a lot of adversity (laughs) in reality (laughs) you came you overcame a lot to come here today yeah my therapist is really starting to really work on that with me so yeah no I'm so glad. Yeah, I had to get a new one to work on certain trauma triggers. So, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And what's fun is uh, talking about my therapy sessions is oh, a baby big Justice thing that happens. I know. She's so cute. That's legitimately my hair color, too. She was she was really cute. My dad would say that mean thing to me. He's like, God, she was so cute. What happened? What or, happened? Yeah, I know. It was not nice. No, this um, is the face of a, of a girl that doesn't give a shit about sharing those potato chips. Oh, I, she doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, and I appreciate it. Yeah, so true. Um, and that was actually the picture right below that is, is his wife, and she was a badass too. Um, so, aka my grandmother. So, it, one of the things as being San Fernando Valley bred, I don't know what it's like to have to move to where I need to be in order to be in my career. So, so like, not only did you. Like 180, kind of 180. I feel like there's some parallels to being a pastor, to being an actor. And I'm not meaning that in a sarcastic or mean way. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No. Prophesizing and all those things, I'm sure I said the word correctly. It's, it's, you have to be, you know, uh, people have to like you. It's a whole, it's, yeah. a, it's not dissimilar. But you pivoted and went into improv. When did you, did you graduate college? Did you go, I can't wait to be in LA? When did you know, how did you do that? How did that go for you? Uh, I was going to be a a very serious business theater actor, I think. Um, uh, So I I fell into our, our, our theater department and doing improv like pretty quickly, I think. I had the awkward conversation with my folks where I was going to change majors and they were like, "Mm, okay. Um, and uh, uh, 
I think kind of wasted college because I was just very like hyper focused and like guys, these productions are serious and like they matter. Sure. Um, yeah. And um, started. Uh, did you did you go to uh, school for theater? Uh, so I I went to junior college for two years and just did theater there and okay cool a lot of pot hell yes God, yeah. much better experience than me uh, sure um, I, was, I was smoking a lot of pot and some, sucking on a lot of dick on on my boyfriend's dick but it was I didn't do uh, a lot still a better experience <laughs> I got it well. just just props just props okay. um, got it great so uh, we had to do it we did a thing we didn't have to do it but there was a thing in the southeast southeast called um, uh there was like uh like summer stock auditions like regional summer oh, stock auditions oh yes we did not yeah. have that i'm i'm okay. i'm sad we didn't have that stuff yeah so so we had that and uh uh the advice i got was they were, they were like pick a pick the place you want to work at and like build all your shit around it i was like okay um and i really wanted to work at this theater uh in a town called seaside in florida which is where they shot the truman show um, oh and uh they were like we have an improv troupe. We're doing Steve Martin plays and we need a sound designer. And I was like, I'm a sound designer and I'm in an improv troupe. And I like being a comedic actor, you know, are you really <laughs> like, a sound designer? So was that I was that in college. That was something that class. That was something I messed. I, I, I really liked all the tech kids and yeah. I just, but I also wasn't very like good at actual tech things, but I could build a sound effect like in a computer. <laughs> And well, and you, know, you can like speak the language. I because I did a lot of tech in both high school and college too, quote unquote college. Mm -hmm. And it, it and I liked the tech kids as well. And it lent me it led it led it lended me like skills for directing. It lended me skills for like if I need to build something, I could or whatever. So I right. think that's awesome. Yeah, but so long story endless to to get there. Uh, the group that I worked with there, um, I ended up being there for four summers. Um, what? And, you know, that, that, that group became my, my family. You know, they wow. were, they were my, my, my comedy brothers and sisters. And um, those were like my, like, fuck around and experiment, like with this art, you know, kind of years where one thing I do, I, I wish like, cause a lot of people get to do that, like at UCB and like theaters like that where like it gets attention you know and yeah, it gets yeah. noticed and we were just doing like crazy shit <laughs> in like a, a a makeshift black box theater like on the gulf coast and uh wow. i look back and i'm like god damn it i wish someone had seen like a, a little bit of it but anyway so we all moved um to uh san francisco um as a group uh, and wow. got set up at a at a with some folks, and we were gonna like teach improv at their their comedy school. So that was that was sort of the start, and then it just kind of got to the point where um, uh, I was ready, and my uh, uh, my fiance at the time, uh, now wife, was ready to like just leave. You know, <laughs> like there was only so many industrials you could audition for before you're like, okay, yes, totally. Um, but you know, so. We were like, time to go to L.A. And everyone was like, cool. And then as we got closer to L.A., everyone was like, I don't think we're going. Um, so we were just that was like our first time without like. Uh, you know, like our, our backup and like our unit. And so that, that was interesting, like sort of like 
coming down like the two of us and i think that's how i got into like stand up and writing because i was like well i gotta do something <laughs> wow and so and so it sounds like your parents were supportive and like yeah 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 because yeah. yeah, that makes a difference too and so tor your wife um is an actress as well if i'm understanding this correctly or was she like a techie or what what, what was she doing up there uh she uh she was acting um amazing she can, she can do all the things you, you've met her she can do all the things oh no she's um, amazing yeah. i just i just because i know she's in the art world but but she does seem like the kind of person who is capable of of whatever Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. wow so how so i never did i never did stand up do you miss it what was that experience like for you when were you doing stand up what, what were the years um i mean kind of right on through the pandemic the pandemic's really what like stopped it really um because i yeah. do have a you do have a stand up album i just didn't know it was still going on for you yeah, I mean, not as like intensely, right? Um, I think, and maybe this is sort of like the, a, a generational thing. Like, I very much, I think, had my like my dad's voice in my head, like a lot. You know, just sort of that practical Midwest Southern uh, boomer. Mm. Uh, you mm. know, where you know, and I, so I think I was always kind of in my head, just like you know, a lot of comics are very ready to be like, um, I'm. I love this so much and I want to be successful at this. So that means I'm not going to be a good partner to anyone. You know, I, yes, you know, it's, it's just this. Right. And, uh, I don't think I ever just quite clicked <laughs> with being like, yes, I'm going to be kind of like lonely and de depressed. I, I think I glorified it for a little while where I was like Mark Marin and Greg Giraldo are like my favorite comments, right. you know, and stuff like right. that. Right. But you don't need to be – I actually think – I wonder – I haven't listened to Mark Marin recently, but I do follow him on Instagram. And I know he's been – he's gone through some serious tragedies through the pandemic, mm -hmm. um, including, like, losing his partner and I think one of his cats died. It's, like, awful. But I do feel like he's, like, a silver lining dude. Like, he, like he's kind of, like, a great success story. Like, I don't know how much he gives into the depression of it all anymore. Or am I wrong yeah. about that? No, I think you're right. I think I, I think a cool arc for him has been like coming out of it. Right. Um, I say arc means sounds makes it sound like it's superficial. One of my I don't think my so. Favorite, Not for me, but I can imagine how someone would think that. One, one of my favorite wrong. one of my favorite comedy performances I've still ever seen was this is ages ago. This is like 15 years ago, but there was um there was a show called What's Up Tiger Lily that was like in the back of a restaurant and uh, Maria Bamford wow. booked it and a, a, a couple of other people. Uh, and Marin did a drop in um, and he just like walked in off the street. Um, the, the podcast had just become a big success. And he just like walked he, he, and he looked like he was wearing like three coats. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. And he just like sat on the stool and was like, this is a, a, a letter that my dad just sent me because he's proud of me. And <laughs> oh it was literally the whole set was just like performing the letter and then occasionally like commenting on it. And just sort of like through that, like telling this, you got just so much insight into him as to how like intense, like the letter from his dad is. Um, and I was just like, this is incredible. Like every, there weren't even really like any like laughs. It was just like riveting to watch. I don't know. This is my, one of my favorite things still. Well, there's something uh, fascinating 
so I, I think you might feel the same way that I do. Um, when I look at other people that have, have had the, uh, the good fortune of being a little bit more successful than me in this career, i.e. like a Mark Maron or even Brad Pitt, I don't look at them as better than me. I look at them as peers that I just have yet to work at the same level of, of them at, essentially. Mm-hmm. So like I'm not over glorifying someone like Mark Maron when they're on stage. Instead, you can like learn from him and like you're – I've always said it's very important to be aware of what kind of artists or which artists you're attracted to because there's something in their career or trajectory or personality that you're learning from, essentially, or that, that like, resonates yeah. with you. So it does make sense that that would be, like, a riveting performance because you're watching a, like literally his life. Like, he's, he's giving you a version mm-hmm. of his life. It's fascinating. No, and I think that's a really interesting statement, and I think it's uh, – um, I, I think it's why uh, loving John Cusack movies ruined so many men, uh, and <laughs> why <laughs> and made them trash. Oh my god! Um, just because, like, I like I love Cusack movies, um, and I think at, at, at some point in my like late twenties, I was like, maybe not that late. I'll give myself some credit. Like a little closer to my mid twenties, all of a sudden I was like, oh, Rob Gordon's like a really bad person. <laughs> you know? Yes. Oh shit. Uh, and you know maybe even lloyd is not great right right (laughs) does it like yeah say anything he doesn't like yeah yeah. doesn't let her do her thing yeah yeah you're like oh this guy's a psychopath kind (laughs) of um but but you know just like uh latching on to that like there must be a reason i just like really love john cusack and then a little while later you're like "Mm, maybe we should examine that (laughs) It, it, I, I, you know what? It brings up a good point. There's good and bad to it. It's not like uh, emulate the entirety of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, put, pull the good, examine the bad. I think we are. I got the. Um, I finally got to do Hector and Keller's podcast, and we talked about uh, the 500 greatest movies. And we did. Um, you've done that one, right? I have not. You're oh one up God. on me. You. Wow. Just I'm surprised. Verde. If that is your last name. It's not. (laughs) I am surprised. I will send a long worded uh, tweet to Hector because you should be on it. I I was last minute hired, to be fair, too. They had forgotten about me for a long time. But we did. um, We watched Breakfast Club. And. Oh, nice. Yeah. Which I flip and love that movie since I was a kid. But examining it now through a different lens. The relationship between Judd Nelson's character and Molly Ringwald's character is not, they're not setting up good expectations for females. You oh, know? not, no, no. They fully um, can't buy, they, they fully she's all that Ali Sheedy and that's problematic. But like mm-hmm. when I'm watching that as a kid, I'm like, oh yeah, this is great. That's who I want to be. I want to be. I want Bender, you know, it, it, it fucked me up a little bit. It all did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's something really interesting for our generation is like, you know, we grew up on some, some shit, you know, like deeply like problematic stuff. And it, it, it takes you a while um, to like get out of your bubble and go, Oh, Oh, you know, like Mm -hmm, other mm -hmm. folks, like for me, I, I grew up thinking I was very like liberal and progressive, you know, Right. and then, but you know, what's really easy being liberal and progressive in Kentucky where <laughs> you don't really know what that means. Um, 
uh, where you're like, the extent of it is that racism is bad, you know? Right, right, um, right, right. And everyone's like, you're right, good, it is. It's a good starter. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good starter. And everyone's like, you're right, it is. You're doing so good at this. Oh, my um, goodness. And then, like, I moved to San Francisco and was like, oh, 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 you know? And Right. But but so you, I think for so many of us, like, we got, like, a late start on examining stuff like that. Because, like, like, my favorite movie is Big Trouble in Little China. John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China. I, I got it. I understand I, why. I love that movie so, so much. And, like... I have a read on it now that I I'm going to insist was intended was that, you know, like the the Asian caricatures and stuff like that were as much a part of the parody and in on the joke. I think like it was Carpenter's commentary on like how obsessed people were with like karate movies and stuff like that back then and like right. Chinese restaurants and stuff, because right. like even the even the Chinese underworld is like neon and escalators and, you know, it looks very 80s capitalism. But I think that's me really just trying to not let go of my favorite movie. Because <laughs> it, it, it's such a big main... I was raised with it. I actually did recently watch it, and and correct me if I'm wrong, his sidekick is a strong... He is, is a strong lead. He's, he's not like... Oh, yeah. He's not yep. one-dimensional 100%, wouldn't you say? Oh, I think that's the point, is that like... In Jack terms of like representation... Idiot. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the whole point is that Jack is a moron and this guy Wang who in any other movie would be the Kato is right. is the guy who's like doing everything and uh you know is the actual hero getting things done and stuff like that. Um while you know this blustery parody of Clint Eastwood like takes up screen time. That blustery parody of Clint Eastwood. I uh, you know, <laughs> one of the guys I dated loves that movie more than anything, and it almost ru- ruined Kurt Russell for me. Almost did because it I'm just, sorry. It's okay. Was he? A, was what? he a was he a sword guy? A sword just asking guy? randomly. Yeah, like uh, did he own a lot of swords? Uh, I do think he owned a sword. Okay. I do think like, there was a sword uh, against a wall somewhere. Mm, mm, okay, well, okay. Yeah. So definitely, he, he owned the shirt. It was a whole thing, and good for him. But then Guardians of the Galaxy 2 comes around and I hate Kurt Russell even more because he's such a jerk in that movie. (laughs) He's such a player. So it was like, this is the guy that my ex emulates? Whoa. Like it almost, it almost like, because really, oh, actually, Overboard, right? Is a horrible example Mm. of romance. Yes. But also romantic. Yes, 100%. But like I think, one of our family's favorite movies of all time. I, I mean, it's it's one of those it's one of those things, right? Where it's like, um, like we grew up on Pretty in Pink, and like, right, right, like we all grew up just being like Long Duck Dong. That's very funny, right? You know, and it, but because there was never really anybody to be like, it's not, bro. <laughs> you know. Um, well, they, I and, think uh, that they existed, but like, but when we, you know, being the, the privileges, when, when I finally understood yeah. a lot of different ways that privilege manifests, um, it, it was that the culture caters to us where we don't have to, mm-hmm. it's not yeah, we don't have to, for yeah. us, right? Like yeah. if, if we're making those caricatures or jokes, it, well, yeah, that's how everyone does it. And it is because we're not being stopped 
at all. Yeah. Even by people, it's offending. Um, I, and that, I think, I, that's, yeah. I think that's kind of what's interesting about our generation is because, you know, even as the culture moves forward, like it, it moved forward past a time where like, you know, zoomers and like our parents like would traditionally lock quote unquote you know and be like that is that's enough developing for me right um and i think it started to shift enough it started to shift enough for us before we locked if that in in a way i don't know i'm just rambling i think no no it's a great idea and something i i like to think about as well because I look at my mother, who is a wonderful woman, but very set in her ways and doing her best to not be that way, but also, you know, is upset that my brother is going to have a baby with his girlfriend and they're not married. And, you mm-hmm, know, she's mm-hmm. choosing to get over it. But that's like the scratching the surface with that. And we love we, – we stand my mother. But, like, just to give you a little bit of background, and we might have talked about this at a bar some other time, um, but I, I like sharing it. Because even though I was in Southern California, which is a very culturally diverse area in terms of like I went to school with all sorts of different people, you know, it wasn't Mm -hmm. really homogenized. Um, I was being raised in a household with a lot of prejudice and bigotry Mm. and also um, conservatism, too. I was like the one or like one of two kids in honors uh, poli sci or whatever talking about voting for George Bush because that's what I was being raised to do. Right, yeah. So when it came to – my father and I don't talk anymore. I love him. I miss him, but he's not mentally well or healthy to be around. But before that happened, he would chastise me for being like a liberal talking head or not using my brain to think and like – like, you know, basically he loved Rush, Rush Limbaugh. Um, that's fun. I'm sorry. It is fun. No, no, no. It's it's is what it is. It it challenged me in an interesting way, because a he wasn't giving me the credit to actually be the critical thinker that he raised me to be in order to change my opinion. Right? Like he, mm, he instead true. he thought that I was being swayed by like liberal Hollywood. He thought, and it's kind of true. Like I know a couple people who did vote for Trump that are major actors or people who have worked, and it's surprising. But they're not going to tell everybody that, right? It's, you don't really want to cop to being a conservative in uh, Los Angeles, let's say. So I can see that being his opinion. But I thought about this. There's a lot of different ways I came to understand how the world really worked and how what my part was in it. And some of it was Facebook and then watching a lot of discourse happen where people, you know, brave people were ready to take on people who were being racist or share what that was like or talk about, I think I was always pro-choice, but like talk about, you got to see, I got to see people's experiences. And then I really rarely engaged and go, well, this is what we think, you know, like I didn't, mm-hmm. I, I didn't fight for my position. I listened and that helped me, but I still wondered what made me amenable to a different opinion than one I was indoctrinated with. And I do think it was, the, as my father lamented, the the lesbian agenda, the gay agenda, like, and TV and like being in Los Angeles, because if you're like being raised next to people that you're also being told to hate, it's kind of going like, well, yeah, but Charlie's not like that. And so yeah, like something getting, getting left it, the like, world open for me. Yeah, like because there's just and and you, you wish that because I I grew up with um with kids whose parents were you know like just massively uh, homophobic. 
Yes, but totally. There was like there was if there was like one gay kid in the group, and someone looked at that gay kid sideways, those same parents would be like, "Get the hell away from this boy! He's one of you know, like he's ours." Right. And so you're like, "Can we just push you like a little more?" Because because their brain is like, "Well, yeah, he's gay, but you know that that's." That's Craig. That's Craig. Craig. It's not the like, same. I know. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, but there's like a lot of Craigs. <laughs> there's so it's many so Craigs true. and they it's all need your so help. Tr- oh my God. Well, that's, I think that is just it. It's like, well, yeah, but my black friend isn't like that, but all the other are lazy or whatever. It's, mm-hmm. but, and my mom said this to me. She's having a hard time to, wrapping her head around anti-racism training and things like that. And and when I told her that my improv group was like working on that actively, we had been prior to the pandemic because we knew we were going to expand our group anyway. And then, boy, did I feel very grateful that I had a little bit better of a primer as things got really worse in our country or more more illuminated, right, uh, during May of 2020. Anyway, I digress. When it ended up becoming this hot button topic where people – balked at being called a racist inherently and so I, I was talking to my mom about it and she goes jessica you are not you i don't have a racist bone in your body you would stand up for anybody if you could and i said well standing up for the dude that got picked on in middle school for being like one of the only black kids at my private school isn't the same mm-hmm. as being inherently privileged in a culture and being able to make jokes about those things or whatever however yeah. that manifests and, yeah. and there oh, is I, a disconnect that with that 100%. somewhere yeah well you know i don't want to brag okay um but Go for it, you though. know growing up uh I, I will amend the absolutely no friend statement i had a couple i and, clearly because um, drew i was i i, I decided to sideline that but it sounds like drew cared about you yeah, Drew, Drew did. And that's actually another uh, funny, weird generational thing, because there was a there was like a year where uh, our parents were trying to get us not to spend that much time with each other because they were afraid we were gay. Oh, my um, gosh. We were like in fifth grade and it was like, what? Who else would I hang out with? Oh, um, no. But, you know, my my school friends I had a couple school friends and uh, I don't want to brag, but but they were black. I had black oh, friends whoa. and it's. Hey, right? And it's interesting because we've even had <laughs> That's going to be the title of this podcast. Joe, Joe, Joe Star, Friend of don't. Black People. <laughs> please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to. Joe Star, Friend of All Black People. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting because like uh, 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 my, my buddy Sean and I are still, uh, Sean Smith, amazing comedian in Louisville and also an educator of kids and just one of the most wonderful people that has ever walked the earth and i genuinely mean that we've had interesting conversations as adults where it was kind of like yeah man you know like we had lots of great times but like you know when we played laser tag like you didn't necessarily notice like that they had like an employee keep an eye on me or you know like or they um or like our because he was an athletic kid and like, you know, it's like the, the basketball team or whatever would go to rallies and like, they would make sure I got my food last, you know, stuff like that is like, no one knows he was like on, you know, on one hand, like, yeah, I felt very like loved and supported, but you know, on the other hand, like there was so much stuff that you didn't notice. Cause you didn't have to, you didn't have to, it, it, it was part of the culture already. It's kind of, it's not dissimilar. <sighs> there's some guys who handle this really well. And then there's some men who do not, but you know, talking about how women feel like just walking down the street or or what have you, like how basically we feel unsafe 95% mm-hmm. of the time. Uh, 
the the best way it was ever received by somebody that I shared that with was like Jessica I I've never felt scared in my life. I can't even imagine. Like, like the fact that they never had to think of that because they've never felt scared walking down. Like, that's one way to empathize, right? Like, yeah. I never had had the need to put myself in your shoes. And then there's, like, guys who's like, oh, well, come on. I would never be scary or whatever. Like, you guys are exaggerating or whatever. Yeah. It, but it's well, that, it that's been a big them, thing. Yeah, that's been a big thing in D&D and, like, RPG spaces lately is, like, um, you know, white adults now being like our table never turned anybody away oh this is all bullshit you know and it's like oh great good for your table but also if if your little circle was anything like mine in in southern suburbia like you didn't have a need to turn away any black players because they weren't anywhere near you and you know like you've right. got to be able to recognize like this is it's layered and leveled and complex and like deeply shitty on beyond just the fact that a moment never came, you know, like a TV movie moment never came where like um, a cool <gasps> totally. black nerd was like, can I play? And you were like, absolutely, because we're all the same in God's eyes, like just because that never happened. <laughs> like, doesn't or mean even that... if just because that did happen doesn't mean yeah. you don't have. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, just because that did happen. To... Yeah, it's it's like it's 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 nutty. Um, uh, and I was going, I was going somewhere and I just completely lost it. I'm, I'm so I, sorry. Wow. Yeah, no, 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 it wasn't on you. It was, it was on my brain. Uh, well, I, I, I think white took fragility, off running too quickly. Well, you're going to find it. And I do want to talk a little bit more about the TTRPG space because that's a big factor of your career right now. And mm -hmm. how come I know you even, um, but I think white fragility illustrates this well that helped me with some of the framing of it. I think there's uh, there's a lot of things I agree with about that book. And what I do love understanding too is um, social justice is not doesn't exist in a vacu vacuum, you know, and some people's opinions you're going to agree with and some people you're not. Uh, that book posits that you can never not be racist. I would like to uh, assume that at a certain point you can be not racist, you know. Um, but what right fragili white fragility does well or helped me with is just because you're racist doesn't mean you're a white supremacist doesn't mean you're an active mm -hmm. hater of x y and z yeah yeah i think i've always looked at it as like um because what people love to frame is like well look how far we've we've you know like i'm not racing uh, but i i compare it to like you know like let's say that you got assigned a science fair project in like middle school and you didn't do it you didn't do any of the work, right? You did. You put in no effort. You didn't do any of the work. And then you just brought in a blank trifold board to class. You'd fail, right? <laughs> right? Yes, like you wouldn't yes. get an A, right? Because uh, you didn't put the work in. And I, you know, it, the I think people just sort of like miss that or, or can't can't like wrap their their heads around it. I don't know. Well, people um, oh. don't want to be bad, right? We don't want to be told that we did the wrong thing or that we are where we hurt other people. So it's mm -hmm. it's that pushback, and it, so that's 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 how I understood it essentially. So I'm sorry, you. It seems like you caught your train of thought back. I did. I did. I'm so excited. Um, and it was, uh, uh, you know, talking about like being feeling unsafe and stuff like that. Um, uh, you know, like we have a local park and. Um, uh, my wife would go run it and uh and i would like hang out and have an hour or whatever take off and then eventually she was like can you start coming to the park with me 
And I think there was part of my brain that was like, that was my hour. But it was like, okay, I'll start coming to the park with you. And then um, I would just kind of like hang out like under the trees and stuff like that while she ran. And then this is actually kind of recently because, you know, she didn't feel safe because they're they're eyeballing her or whatever. And uh, because you don't, you just don't frame it as as severely. Right. And then like. This is actually this is like recent. Like I was I was watching her run because every now and then you look up and you clock, hey, where is she? Okay, cool. And like this dude like actually just like ran up alongside her, just this sketchy ass motherfucker. Oh, and Jesus. like and okay, there it is. There, there it fucking is, like right there, you know? And um yeah. Just because uh, she's there, that just because she's there, she's because she's present. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, there's a whole my cat wants food there's a whole um tangent we can go down which is really the biggest change that needs to happen in our country is how we raise our men but there's not enough time in this podcast joe (laughs) but you are i do think this and you've exemplified this time and time again um in our friendship publicly uh not you know you you do not posture you are just intrinsically someone who if you don't know you want to learn if you can you do the right thing when in doubt you you give the floor to somebody else it's it's really awesome to see um someone of your like stature and capability really frequently take into consideration other people's experiences more than the average Joe. Hey. Yo, um, I, I did it. Yo, you worked it in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, I think, I don't know. Part of that is just being out here and just seeing, just being exposed to like a ton of different people. Yeah, sure. Um, and actually, I'm going to pause for just a second. Then can we clap back in? Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, two seconds. Don't worry about it. Sorry, I'm back. I was, uh, I, uh, we can only have one AC unit on at a time, and I realized I had had mine running. And so I need oh. to tell Torlin that she didn't need to swelter. Oh, poor baby. Um, okay, we can clap back in. Sorry. I, yeah, let's clap back in. Five, four, three, two, one. Something like that. Um, yeah, but actually, so Joe, I just think you're a great person. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. I don't, you don't need to tell me why you're great. How about that? We, I just, just let that be, let's just be a, 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 a compliment that we're leaving. I'll just let hanging that, I'll there. just let that simmer. Yeah, I do. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about tabletops and we're back. Joe. Hey. Hi. So. We know each other because of tabletops, and the, that actually is tabletop RPGs. And you um, do a big chunk of your time um, online. That's right. And, that's a big thing you do. You don't need to over-explain it, but it actually does have its place in the generational difference conversation. Because let's take D and D for example. That mm-hmm. was not something that was popular at the time it came out, and boy, are we living in a golden age for it right now. Oh, man, yeah. Um, and you, you're absolutely right. I, yeah, we we met because of the tabletops. Because, um, uh, uh, yeah, because you were at, uh, we were we were running into each other at the same little, same little spots. Um, uh, and, and that's where I discovered the joy of you. Um, <laughs> it, it's funny looking back because... Um, 
growing up, like Satanic Panic was still like in huge, like full ass swing. Right. And um, actually to go back to uh, uh, Drew and I, we would like um, not D&D, but another game, like make characters and stuff like that. And um, his sister was like a huge nerd and they uh, they LARPed and um, uh, played like Magic the Gathering, or not Magic the Gathering. I'm sure they did, but like Vampire did you say the what Masquerade. Age this was? And did I miss this? Did this was, I would have been like in fifth and sixth grade. Um, so this would be like 90, 91, 92, 93, Got early it. 90s. Um, uh, but it's really funny because we finally like wore her down and they were going to let us play um, uh, Mage the Ascension with them, which was like the sister game to Vampire the Masquerade. And Got it. In, in our state, the big buzz was like, like two years previously. I think it was like two years previously. There had been the vampire killings. The vampire cult, like in Paducah, oh. I think it was Paducah, Kentucky, some fucking bored goth redneck like, got some friends together and they um, they killed this elderly couple and it became this huge, but they played vampire. And so it became this huge thing. Oh, and so my like, God. And so like, I think my parents uh, like caught wind that we were even like vampire, the masquerade adjacent and went and that went. Mm -hmm. And so like, I didn't. Mm -hmm. So I. I quietly loved role-playing games <laughs> after that. Sure, because you're not trying to kill yeah. elderly people, essentially. Right, yeah, you know. Um, uh, not until I'm in the will. Um, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Uh, but, like, you know, like, quietly, like, through high school, like, playing online and stuff like that. And then in college, I was able to start getting into it a, a little bit more. And then um, really wasn't until I moved out west that, like, like I really dug back in and like really rediscovered like my love for it and why I like it so much. And yeah. So, cause uh, I, I don't know that I ever would have been interested in it if it didn't, if improv didn't lend itself so closely to um, the skill set essentially. So mm -hmm. it is interesting to me to see that your love for it or your ability or your affinity toward it um, started early probably earlier than most people, you know, cause like there are the dudes like we did it in the eighties and we like, I, I once told a guy who was definitely an eighties D and D dude. And I said, Oh yeah, I perform on this channel and we do basically D and D. I didn't know what his level of interest was or what he knew. And he goes, mm -hmm. a girl playing D and D. Do what? You, do you, do you know how much money you would make if you did it in bathing suits? <laughs> oh, Oh, I mean, he's not wrong. No, he's not. He's <laughs> to not. be fair, there's like there's a world where you do like the car wash RPG. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. it's it makes sense. And yeah, and no, there's like, a world where what? that OnlyFans is very successful. Yeah. Oh my god, a hundred thousand percent. And it doesn't even need an OnlyFans. You just need a bathtub and a Twitch channel, or, you know, or a hot tub, <laughs> and a cup of like like blow up dice in your fucking set. It like. The, and the thing is, is like that was a huge cultural aspect of D and D was just a bunch of dudes in the basement who can't get laid, like you know the future mm -hmm. incels, it's, and that's a gross sub uh nope stereotype, gross stereotype. But that guy fell right into it. Let's put let's put it that way. So I I don't know how I would have come to it. I did play one game of D and D when I was eighteen. 
and it was before like our it, like our heyday of it too. And I, I, I kind of thought it was cool, but it was intimidating to me as well. Did you guys like do a lot of? Did you like the role play aspect of it, or what? What really drew you in initially? I liked. Um... I liked the like story creation aspect because we would make characters like all day and like talk about the characters and talk about the world. And like, we'd never really like played much. Oh, I um, love that though. Uh, but like stacks and stacks of character sheets and, and stuff like that. And like, Oh man, ideas and binders and, and, and <laughs> stuff like that. Um, so I really liked the, like the story creation aspect of it. And, um, and then I think, uh, I had a really great game in college that still like stands out to me um, where like, because I, I think it depends on like where you end up first. Cause if, if you play and it's like a shitty game, then it's like, eh, whatever, like moving on. But if you play right, with right. Like, really good people who are into it and like invested, like that makes such a huge difference. And um, like, I, we, it was just like a really fun game. And like, I remember getting like kind of caught up in it and like emotionally invested and was like, Oh my God, that was like, that was really fun. Um, that was like really fun. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, uh, eventually in, in LA just started to like find like-minded folks and stuff like that. Cause I, I think just because of how I grew up and like the friend thing and stuff like that, like I instinctually bury a lot of that stuff. Um, yes. so I was like, not a very out nerd. Um, even like my first like year or two here, um, which is weird considering where I am now. Um, it actually makes a lot of sense because as the world has begun to cater towards, uh, those with social anxieties, let's say, mm -hmm. um, it almost, it almost like, it almost like we can, it's almost like we can be a little bit of a celebrity in our own world too. Like, Oh wait, the things I like are interesting, you know, uh, we we kind of like were like talking to Hector about this was like I liked comic books and then it started becoming popular in high school. You got to feel like a fucking rock star when something like that pops off. Like you were perfectly primed for what's happening right now. Well, you know it's funny because like it's there's it's so much of like oh well we just we're too scared to talk to each other and we weren't connected at all or or whatever that fear was because I look back at high school and like I remember guys that I was always like, that's a nice guy, but like didn't hang out with them. Right. And I'm like, I look back and I'm like, man, I bet I would have had a fucking blast with like all those dudes. Like I was yeah. like, I'm Transformers obsessed. And like I went to high school with this dude, David, who was like outwardly Transformers obsessed. Why the fuck was David? Not my my just like, why didn't I roll with David every day? You know, right. <laughs> and right. like talk about Constructicons and shit. But like, and I look back and I'm just like, man, me and David would have had a blast just like talking about Transformers, <laughs> you oh, know, and God. like we gotta look lunch David and up. thinking about Transformers. And um, I think I've told him that actually, <laughs> like, uh, so at, cute at, at some point. But I was like, man, why did man, that's stupid. That was my bad. Um, but like a lot of guys like that who I, I, I think like, you know, played a lot of RPGs and stuff like that, who were just like cool people. Um, and I think so much of it is just like, yeah, everyone was just sort of like scared to bring any of that up. And I, you know, part of that was the, 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 I think the, 
I'm, I'm just going to keep shoehorning the generation stuff in here. But, you know, like you're doing the, a great the, job better than I am. And I'm the fucking host the, of this podcast. The, the, the boomer art that was foisted on us, you know, like uh, we're nerds, we're nerds and stupid. And um, uh, and it uh, you, that was not something you want. You, you really wanted out there. Right. Like no one. No one liked Anthony Michael Hall in Breakfast Club. I mean, they did. But you the, the message of the movie was like, no, 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 no. Emilio. Emilio and Bender, you know. Totally. Totally. Um, I mean, in Pretty in Pink, was it Pretty in Pink? Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's supposed to end up with Ducky. They were going to write it that way. And it didn't test well with audiences. Although I look back now and I'm also like, man, Ducky sucks. <laughs> and he does suck. But... Ducky but point, is like, no, why don't you point want absolutely to fuck taken. me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, which I think Ducky is also like uh, a precursor to like the toxic nerd culture we have now, where like everyone uses that like we were we were alone and scared, like as a as a horrible shield and a cudgel at the same time, you know? Yes. But like, um, yeah, I, I just think uh, now, like, so many people are just like, it's just easier to to talk about cool shit and acknowledge it like um even like my my wife like when we were first dating and stuff like that like we our date nights were like watching adult swim and toonami and like watching anime together and stuff like that and like i still don't think i really like recognized like the level of like nerd she was for like things she loved and stuff like that and uh which is so silly because i think early on i would have been like oh you like that i like this like let's let, let's let, all the cards on the table yeah totally like, and, but yeah, you how often do you dumb. think about swords <laughs> <laughs> oh well so that was a good thing that my ex had a sword in your eyes maybe i i don't Hold know on. I, uh, how many swords do you have i, I understand I, the question now i have uh uh i have one axe <laughs> Okay, so it's not like it's not like you collect swords and also love Big Trouble Little China. Uh, here's here's a you know as as much as my my motto is love what you love you know don't have any shame as long as you're being kind to each other. I I also still have a joy in in just poking fun sometimes and the the image of the sword boy, um you know with like ten replica swords on a wall from Sky Mall. I still like. You know, as totally. much as I'm like, on one hand, I'm like, man, go for it. Get those swords. And on the other hand, I'm like, oh, man, big sword guy energy. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm complex. Totally, totally. I think I think we're at a point where we should be able to like, ah, it's because you're right. We want to walk away from stereotyping. But there but is. But sometimes it's fun. It's real fun, especially if we can maybe see an element of ourselves in it, too. Oh, right? absolutely. absolutely. I love listening to Michael Schur talk about um what the difference is between punching down and punching up is. And it's not, mm -hmm. it's not clear all the time. I mean, it is clear. Cause like if you're hurting somebody and bringing someone down, that's punching down. But um, it is kind of hard to explain the nuances of it. It's just one of those things that like, you know, you've got gone over the line once you've gone over the line. Well, I think you, I think you frame it very well, which is you, you're attracted to poking at it because you see yourself in it. That's what that's the safest comedy I have, right? Is is so like, man, I can't even explain to you the the way the, the mean spirited joking nature that I was raised with is always in my brain, and um, I think. Oh, I hear you. I was I was a mean little shit. I hear Were you. you. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Because I was just mad, and like, um, I realized that I got um attention for being mean funny. Oh fuck. 
And so like I, j- I cranked it up. Yeah. Why I wouldn't was, you, was, why would you do anything differently? Yeah, if it I, was, was I was real shitty. Yeah. I think that's pretty commonplace, though, with boys with anger. And, and, like, we don't know how to direct a lot of, like, men's influx of testosterone. That's, like, another – that's why we still have toxic geeks, despite a lot of geeks getting to be cool now, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You can be a toxic geek and you can be a toxic jerk. You can be a cool jock. You can be a cool geek. You can – you know, or Mm -hmm. not cool, but, like, a normal human that's kind like, like us or like you. Um, I, and I think I've told you this before. I, I, I was actively not popular. So friendship has always been nerve wracking for me too. But one of my, like the first people I connected with that I didn't have to was over Star Wars cards in middle school. Oh, that's awesome. Which yeah, by so, the way, you know, I, I do have a hard time believing it because those bangs, again, looking at young Jess, like very cool kid. She's seven in that picture. We're fast forward that a few years. She was not cool. She was just okay. nervous. I got picked on. It, like the picking on really started pretty badly in a l- fifth grade. And then then my mentality of being picked on got solidified. So in a way, I think I manifested the problem from people. So like mm. you're saying, oh, I could have hung out with that dude. We would have liked the same thing. I c- probably could have been friends with more people if I didn't assume they weren't going to like me to begin with. I hear you. Yeah. You know, no, um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I lash out a lot, a lot of folks, even if they like had weren't actively, like, even if they were actively like kind to me, I think part of me was still just like, no, 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 <laughs> I'm going to rule with fear. Totally. Well, I find that hard <laughs> to believe, but case. I get it. Cause we're all, we also experiment with, be- with behaviors and patterns too, as a kid or as mm-hmm. young adults. Mm-hmm. Like, ooh, do I like this? Does this feel good? Am I a mean asshole? You I think know? I probably whiplashed a lot of people because I was like, really? I think I was, I was, I was like, uh, 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 in equal, equal spending time in like this mode, and then also still just being like a real, real piece of shit, and like kind of at the drop of a dime. So I think I was like sending some real mixed messages. <laughs> I find that so it's hard to believe. Um, but it, it, was that your defense mechanism then? Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Right. Um, well, especially if you didn't come into adolescence with a lot of friends, it's easy to not trust people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I, and um, uh, I, I've told the story a, a lot, I think. Uh, but um, uh, my f- freshman year, freshman year of high school, sophomore year? No, it, no, it was sophomore, sophomore year of, of high school. Uh, this, we had to read Lord of the Flies and um, our teacher, Mr. Reed, Big Pete Reed, um, uh, had the the brilliant idea that we all had to write a short story about it. But it was like Lord of the Flies, but it was us. You know, it was our class. Uh, cool. And like, you know, everyone wrote, you know, their paragraph or whatever and turned it in. And I fucking went hog. I wrote this like 10 page thing were just full on roasted like every motherfucker in that class and handed it in and then or, or was ready to hand it in and he was like okay uh, we're going to start reading our stories out loud and i was like <gasps> oh no oh shit <laughs> cuz oh, it was Joe. like it was brutal and so i remember like sweating bullets as a kid cuz i was like they're going to fucking murder me like i'm going to just get annihilated like there were the you know there were some like good old boys in, in that class that just uh-huh. would have fucking like Toasted tied you. me to it yeah just tied me to a truck and driven me through a field oh, and like man. i was like here we go 
and it was it was it was time for me and then like i, I was like shaking i remember i like started reading and like um they're like there was a like a, a, a cheerleader in our class that i was just like dogging on like i hated her voice so i like called her like squeaky or something like that instead of did you piggy. actually read this out loud you actually oh i read it out loud and jess it killed it killed <laughs> I, I, Stop. I walked on, I walked on. Hold on. Wait, I pulled out time. my, my headphones oh. and all that. Cause I was laughing so hard. Hold on. Hold on. This is, this is, this needs to be your stand up routine. I can hear you now. Oh man. I, no, I, I walked on water for like five minutes Oh my God. and I was like, Oh, that, okay. That's it. That's it. If I'm just like snappy at motherfuckers, like they won't come for me. And I'll get some love for it. Okay, got it. Wow. Uh, and like I, I ran with that lesson for like a really long time. I think even even well past the time that I needed it. Um, if it works, it works. You know. Right. Yeah. And you know there were I I, I look like there's obviously you know like I, I feel like there's like thirty people who I I if if there was an AA for just like that. There's like 30 people I need to write letters to and be like, remember when I did this? I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. But like, uh, uh, yeah, but no, that was like, that was the day where I was like, oh shit. Okay. I can channel this fucking weirdness. That is me. And like, get some laughs at somebody's expense. Okay. Boom. Boom. Safe. I've got a shield. Wow. Got it. They look at me a little different now. Okay. 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 Yeah. I, I, why wouldn't you lean in if it were? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Wow. My, I remember clearly my brother, who's a Joe, uh, we did theater together and we were in like tech class or something. And he was like treating some chick like shit or something. And he, that was not like him at all. And I was like, Joe, what the heck? He goes, hey, it works. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it, like it hit me over the head. Like, oh, that's right. Because all the dudes I like treat me like shit too. And here's my brother. I can't tell him he's wrong. Fair. And, but I want to tell you that in this story, uh, to circle back to the first, not the first time we met, but we met, you know, playing role playing games and stuff like that right. together. And right. I ran a game once where I had you play Nick Cage from Con Air. Yeah. And you just wore like a hat and a and a and a um, uh, a white tank top like he does in the in the movie. Yeah, yeah, and jean so that's jacket, how, that's, it's white tank. That's how yeah. I picture your brother. I just pictured your brother as <laughs> as you <laughs> as Nick Cage from Connor. Well, you know, we referred to uh, you know a line shirts as guinea tees and wife beaters for far too long. So we, I don't know that he would be caught dead in them, but my uncles and my dad would be. Um, he, He's he. You would not recognize him today based off of that. Actually, you would by the hair. He definitely has Nick Cage Con Air hair for sure. Nice. And I have you to thank for actually having to watch that movie. So it was. You're welcome. You're it was welcome. very smart of you to cast me in that role. In fact, um, this this podcast will go out after this happens, but tomorrow on my stream, Scott Rubin and I will be rating um, the top fifty Nick Cage characters by most fuckable. I love that. Can I tell you something that, oh, so, so, <laughs> at, so at work, um, my, my, my now cousins, because, you know, I, I came into our parent company with screen junkies and honest trailers. And then I made the jump right. to DD beyond, which they also own, but we still work together and, and see each other and talk to each other and, and all that good stuff. They had sold this thing for, um, 
for his new movie where he plays himself uh, and Phantom did a deal like to do advertising for it. And one of the things that we pitched and they accepted was like on social media, we did a big like we did a cage fight, which was like, you know, a tournament of the top Nick Cage roles. And Jess, can I nerd nerd him and Phantom were a mistake because you know what won? Spider-Man Noir won. What? And I love Into the Spider-Verse. But like the fact that people just pointed at it and were like, that's a Spider-Man thing. And it like it's the timing. It, it be I was just like, what are we what are you what are any of you doing? What oh I'm so 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 what I'm saying is you you and Scott, you and sweet Scotty Rubin will be the have true a, litmus. Have test. a chance. Yeah, you can redeem this. You can redeem this. This is now in the future I will and know if you to find pitch these Spider-Man kind of Noir. <laughs> yeah. If you find Spider-Man Noir sexually attractive, then please just please for this one. For this one day, let it go. <laughs> I've got. I think I. I think I can because in, while while it is his voiceover, and it is him, it is not him. And yes. and we do have gimmies. So like when we've done this in the past, you know, we did the Muppets last, and we had um, mm. Gonzo tier. Like it, better than S tier, okay. it was Gonzo tier. So like there's certain yep. things that like do all the characters get to Gonzo. Or do all characters get to Galadriel or whatever? So Got it. We'll, we, yeah. we'll have to decide. Like when you rank Pixar movies and you're like, okay, Toy Story is it? It's, yeah, it's yeah. a Toy Story tier, right? And yeah. and it's mostly because it titillates me. Like it's it's really it's like Loki tier. So like if we're doing all the MCU, which we have done, no one touches Loki. But can you mm-hmm. get to Loki tier? Totally. But Loki is in a category in and of itself. Fair enough. Completely fair. Completely so, fair. So, what's who, been who, who who won the Muppets? Sorry. No, no, no. You're totally right. So, well, it doesn't it's not win, but it was it was Gonzo for sure, and Rolf was up there because Rolf Ooh. might be like one of the best adjusted Muppets. Oh, out yeah. there. No, you're right. Well, because he's the dude that, after all the weirdness, is just like on the piano and like actively listening to you. Right, he's like, oh well, and then let's, you know, and like, nice about it. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah, he was up there. I think Kermit got up there. He might have been S tier. You know, Piggy was trash, but she got she kind of got up there. We also pulled mm-hmm. some from like the ABC show and stuff like that. So we we okay. we learned we learned what what worked for us and what didn't. But basically, Gonzo's dick nose really just goes a long way for him. So that's fair. Yeah, you know. It, it really, he's just I like the how underdog. deep you get it. I like how deep you get about like Rolf and other characters, and then like for Gonzo, you're like, yeah, but his nose is a cock. You right? can't quantify everything, <laughs> but also Gonzo is a true artist. Let's just be true. real. and like he's, what you like. No shame here. I understand, but there are there are reasons, and some of them are kinky, and some of them are not. Um, so so Joe, what is what's your S tier out of all the things you like of all the fandoms? It's like like if you had like one character that could come to life that would oh, let you kink all over them, what would it be? This oh, is the first time I've like ever an, asked this question ever. A character, a character I want, I want, I want to do. Just um, like be your babe, do like you know, Tor would let your wife would let you do this, but yeah, they yeah, they yeah, stay yeah. in your basement. They wanna just be your <laughs> your cum slave. Um, sorry. Who would it be? <laughs> um, man. Um, uh, so so many so many options. I know, um, but it has to be one. So, only there can be only one. So, oh, so many options when the when the um when the pop culture hall pass happens. Right, right. Um, but it has to be like Gonzo tier. It has to be top tier. 
Yeah, and that's that's the challenge here, especially just like off the cuff. Um, but what does your uh, gut say? What is what what does what, what does my heart tell me? Yeah, because at first I thought you were just going to be like just like cool person you want to hang out with, and I was going to be like Rodimus Prime. Um, oh, okay, but cool. I don't want to. No. I don't want to have sex with him. No. Um, uh, yeah, no. Um, oh, you're really you're really taking me for a turn. I mean, I I, I mean. Okay, well, here's who's just like refusing to get out of my head, no matter Great. how many like people I, I pair with them is is Zena, Zena, Zena Warrior Whoa. Princess. Oh, interesting. And you know, uh, Gabrielle can can chill if if she wants. And honestly, right. Aries, that guy was hot. And uh, uh, Callisto, uh, really, you know, if Zena wants to bring the ensemble, cool. So you know, you know what? I'm gonna allow you to bring the TV show to your to your basement. Okay. You can get that whole that whole you know, crew mythological what have you. And we can leave Hercules yeah. out on the outskirts. Yeah, Sorbo can kick rocks. Yeah, Sorbo yeah, can goodbye. kick rocks. Goodbye. Yeah. But you can have Xena. Good for you. That's a good yeah. answer. Thank good you. answer. Good answer. Thank you. <laughs> I did put you on the spot though. Because I don't even I mean Loki I think would be mine, but I don't know. I would have to think. I about get it. it. No, yeah, no. Just instantly, I was like, I would, yeah. If Zena just wanted to kick the shit out of me, it doesn't even have to be a sex thing. If she just wants to beat me up, that. I'd be like, that's fine. That's. I'm, that, that's I'm learning about men's penchant towards being stepped on or large <laughs> ladies, like lady domestic, domestic, you know. I, I didn't know that this was a thing, but now I know. Joe, I didn't you, know it was a thing for a while either. Well, now we know. Like, like you're yeah, allowed to mature yeah. into different things. Exactly. So, Thank you. how would you rate this podcast experience on a scale from uh, one to the best? <laughs> Just, I think this has been. Um, here's how I rate this podcast. Okay. You know how, like, you could, if you went to some bars, just get like one glass of like a of a good whiskey, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We're both whiskey people, so I relate. Yes. Or we can go somewhere real specialized and get a flight. You know, just like one of those waiters who's like, tell me about yourselves. And after listening to us for like two minutes would be like, I'll be right back. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what you've done here. (gasps) That's a huge compliment. And I might have to pull quote that for my website. (laughs) (laughs) The only flight of whiskey tasting out there available on the podcast world. Yeah. Well, and that's what I do like about this podcast is, yes, we use the generation stuff as a, as a jumping off point. Nick is a delightful human who I hope you have the pleasure of meeting one day. Um, and he just is on the outskirts of some of the cultural things going on, but he has a lot of interesting ideas. So it was just started as like, oh, let's just talk about things. Do you know what um, LOL means or not? You know, and obviously he <laughs> yeah. does, but that was like the litmus test. We did... Um, stop calibrate and listen so that's how we did like we just got to know where anyway so now it's a good jumping off point because you can talk about it and then go learn all you want about people and that's what we did we did that today i think i think yeah you got this this very much was the crash course right i i (laughs) i also selfishly was like who do i want to talk to for an hour and a half and joe star is high on that list so i appreciate that we haven't been able to do that in a while no we haven't but you're right we just we just got a little bit of whiskey not too drunk but Right. Yeah. And we're uh, we're L.A. Um, millennials. So the only way we're allowed to socialize if it's is if it's for work. This is so true. This is so true. And no, very few people get it. 
but that's so that's why some of you people are my best friends because we work together. <laughs> that's the struggle. It is, but I love it though. I love it. Well, Joe, thank you for joining us. I'll link some things if you want in our chat. Is there anything you want people to know about that might come out in the next two weeks or where uh, they can find you? The only news that I know will come out in the next two weeks is that is that you're the best. <gasps> and and well, that's people, not need news. To, people need to recognize it. That's it might be news, news to someone, you know. You know. Fair, fair, fair. It actually might be. You never know who this podcast comes across. But the feeling's mutual, Joe. Hey, thanks. Hey, thanks. All right. Bye, Joe. Hey, bye. Bye. That does it for this week, Nichols. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of You Don't Know Nick. There are many different ways you can support our podcast. One of them is going to youdon'tknownick.com and finding out all the different places you can listen to our show. You can also follow us on Good Pods, which is basically Instagram for podcasts. Not only can you follow your favorite shows, you can listen to them right there in the app. If you're interested in finding some You Don't Know Nick merch or Jessica Lynn Verde merch, go to subtlegeek.spreadshirt.com. And if you're not already, consider becoming a Patreon member. You can get exclusive swag and early access releases to episodes if we're able to get them to you in a timely manner. Go to patreon.com slash you don't know Nick. And if you haven't already, leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Nichols.